With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, 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 here we are. Top Sport Market Watch podcast. And I'm in the seat driving all of this week with uh, Tristan here running the gears and uh, Jimmy Smith over there in the US soaking up, what is it, a six-week holiday, Tristan? I don't know who signed that holiday leave form, but welcome back. And here we are, we're running the same agenda and the same discussion points, but just the two of us. Just the two of us, Jared. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been, um, I, I think Jimmy would be very upset at missing the other uh, stories we had this morning about the North City Bears because it's probably the best group I've ever had. So he kept a few away from him, I think. But yeah, you're right. He's away for, well, I actually heard he was on holidays until Pittsburgh got knocked out of the uh, the NFL race. So whether that's true or not, we'll know next week. But uh, yeah, I think he's having a good time. He's living it up. I saw some pictures of him flexing in the gym as well. So he's certainly been having a good, a good time over there. But uh, yeah, you and I will hold the fort and uh, there's plenty to talk about because there was an exciting last week of the NFL season. We've got a big week of racing. There's been plenty of news happening in the world of rugby league and obviously cricket. We've, um, we've had plenty of stories surrounding that. So plenty to chat about. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure whether uh, Jimmy jumped on the plane as soon as he saw the uh, result in the Bills Miami um, game, where the Bills absolutely cleaned them up. You and I had lunch bets there with Jimmy, which were the first ones to start the year. So we'll get that in a, into a, a moment because the table has now a new little complexion to it. But if we go back to start. Where we were last week, the NFL, we picked up a couple of nice wins with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, there was a little bit of mail around a week ago in the US, which we touched on last week, that Mike uh, Vavril, their coach, may well have been on the outer. Well, he's since been sacked, and he certainly pulled them all together for one big victory on the way out the door. You were very keen about the Bills, who certainly came from behind, looked a little ordinary in the first half, with um, Allen making some customary turnovers, but then... Uh, lengthened out and cleaned up the Dolphins. Uh, we picked up a win with uh, Shaken in the last at Randwick with the scratchings. It was very heavily backed. So we pick up some money for the week. Um, where does that leave us with the balance for the Pass It On Clothing account? Yes, that, uh, as you say, we had some nice results there and gets us to 5,197 in the kitty at the moment. And as you touched on that lunch bet table, we will never, ever, ever, ever be speaking of the table of where 2023 finished ever again uh, from now. And uh, where is that sitting as we speak, Jerry? Because I think that needs to be notified. And uh, anyone that's listening to this that has access to Jimmy Smith's Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, I think you should be tagging him in where the current lunch standing sits. Absolutely. I think we would encourage that. Yes, I think we might even uh, frame this. I think there's a, a photo due to go on uh, social media later today. We have Jimmy at minus two. He had two lunch bets to start the new year and lost those, obviously, to you and to I. 
we were all over the Bills. He was all over the Dolphins. Uh, lovely start for you and I, and long may it continue into the new season. He is the current holder, two years in a row of the Lunchbet Trophy, uh, and we'd love to take that off him. So, yes, into an interesting week. There's a lot of news around uh, cricket, and, gee, the media storm leading into the selection of the latest uh, test team, the replacement for Warner, uh, it's all over the papers with lots of different scuttlebutton and uh, and angles around what the final selection might be. Tristan, I'm sure that's having a little bit of an influence around the market into this next test. It is, it is. It's certainly been a difficult one to uh, to work out where the market's going to sit. Obviously, the Aussies are, are very firm favourites, and I genuinely think no matter which uh, which angle or which which side uh, was selected, the, the Aussies will be firm favourites and likely to get the result against a very much understrength West Indies side. Uh, we'll have that market priced and on the site um, probably over the weekend, I'd suggest. But yeah, there was uh, obviously a lot of discussion over who would take Warner's place. And um, it appears now very likely that Steve Smith's going to open the batting and Cam Green's going to slot into that number number four position. So it's quite evident that the selectors want to get Cam Green into that side. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about Bancroft and, and the runs he's put up in Sheffield Shield cricket, and, and that's a fair call. I, I think. You know, you've probably got to be a little bit realistic in the sense, though, that if Cam Green was, was playing in that competition, then it's highly likely he would have performed at, at, a, at a strong level in that comp too. So I, I think it's probably a, a good look to the future for the Aussies to be trying to get Cam Green into that side, being on the fact that we've had a lot of success, but we are very much an ageing team. So I, I think there's, uh, there's, there's good merit in, in that. Obviously, it adds to the bowling lineup. It, uh, it helps with the, the, the fielding as well. So how Steve Smith goes in that opening position, well, he's such a dominant player, um, you'd expect him to be successful. I don't think the true test is going to be uh, how he goes in this series because I, I think the West Indies bowling attack looks pretty uh, suspect at the moment. But it'll be more of a case trying to work out who's going to be the best player for those key series against England and, and India on the horizon. I agree with you, and I think the selectors are certainly looking to the future, and I actually like the selection. Um, I think uh, you know, Cam Green has already proved that he's a very, very talented cricketer, and I think if they're earmarking him for number four in the batting lineup, I like that. I like that looking to the future. Steve Smith moving the opener, I don't think that's, um, that's a bad move. Realistically, he's probably got one more year... Uh, in his career before he likely retires. Uh, I think that gives the selectors a little bit of time to consider uh, who and what they want for the future in the opening role. And I think it is time to move past a few of the obvious that have been um, some of the beat-up stories in the media over recent days. I, I like the selection. I think we're headed in the right direction there. And, gee, a lot happening with the BBL at the present moment, Tristan. Um, uh, living just a couple of doors up from the Gabba, uh, the heat, have had a couple of games here over the last week. I must say, they've really turned things up with fireworks in between innings and to see all the young families turning up and, and the youngsters out there supporting 2020 cricket, it gets them in the holidays at a great time, but it gets them involved in following cricket. Absolutely. And, and that game last night, we're recording this on a Thursday morning. So last night we saw the two best teams in the competition go at it in the scorches and the heat. And, uh, the Heat were, were in a lot of trouble early with their batting lineup, but they they came home very strong and uh, a very good innings from Michael Nessa was uh, we, we put put them into a strong position um, 
at the change of innings, and then some just some regular wickets uh, kept the the pressure on the Scorchers throughout the whole batting lineup, and that's now seen the Heat move into outright favourites to win the competition at two dollars twenty. The Scorchers there at two seventy five. Uh, the Sixers at eight dollars, and the Stars are eleven. Probably the one thing that I suppose always frustrates me a little bit with the big bash, and 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 that's where I probably look at this market, and I wonder if we've got a worthy favourite in the Heat in the. They looked brilliant last night, but they're going to miss a lot of players. We had the likes of uh, Lubbershane. We had the likes of Kawaji coming back into that batting lineup. We've got Colin Munro. Uh, we've also got uh, Billings as well. So I think a lot of those players move on um, in, in the in the not too distant future. And, and whilst it appears the Heat look like they've that well, they have locked in a, a home final now. I think that'll be played at Metricon and with a, without a lot of their star starter players. So you might find that there may be a little bit of value surrounding that Perth lineup because they've got a pretty uh, a, a lineup that's going to be pretty consistent as we get into the finals. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm proven wrong. I'd love to rub it in Jimmy's face with another Queensland victory in a big tournament, but uh, they they're playing great. The Heat they've just got that challenge now, trying to do it without some of their stars in the in in the crunch games. Oh, I think that's the key, isn't it? And I would have thought that there's value around that price around the Scorchers now because you're right. There's going to be key players missing. Uh, for many teams, but in particular for the Heat. And the Scorchers' record at home is just outstanding. So um, you would expect that they're going to have some advantage there. And, yes, if I was having a little play into the final series, it would be all over the Scorchers. Uh, we see on, across social media all of the NRL teams are back into training and uh, everybody's training the house down, you know, performing the best, best key numbers in the in the gym. So everything's happening there. No real major news to report. Last week we had the Luai news. Interesting yesterday that young Zach Hoskins has picked up a three-year deal to move from the Panthers with an immediate release um, and go down to the Raiders. I think that's a very good pickup. He's a big, sizable lad, and I think he's performed very well in a very good system. Um, but outside of that, I think everybody's back into training. You know, a bit of key news about clearing some of the decks at the Tigers. They certainly, with all of the changes that they have, and Shane Richardson putting his stamp of authority onto the Tigers, are going to have clean air into the season. Is there a bit of love for the Tigers and the markets, Tristan, or uh, maybe that's a year too early? Yeah, not, not so much uh, love for them just yet, because I, I think, um, you know, like Richo's done this in a number of different clubs on the way through, and he obviously knows what, he, what he's doing. He's, he's got a great relationship with Benji, it would seem, and obviously the news surrounding Fulton uh, getting moved on despite that signing of Luai, how much he had to actually do with that signing, you don't know. But um, we haven't seen too much uh, love for them just yet. They're still sitting at $6 to make the top eight the second biggest outsider, but I'm certain if they can have a positive season and if they can, I'd suggest for Tigers fans out there, you'd almost like to see them have a season similar to what the Dolphins did where they probably always look like they were just lacking those couple of key players throughout the course of the year last year, but they fought on in every single game and they showed so much backbone, which I think has given their fans so much optimism of moving forward. And I think with the key signings coming the Tigers' way in, in 2025 and beyond. But that's probably where you want to see um, see the Tigers sort of sit this year to be just having a crack in every single game and not giving up and, and letting in late tries like they seemed to do last year. Well, all the news appears that they're about to sign Olam out of the storm. That's a key pick-up, they would think, into their outside bats. Um, they're also uh, going to have key changes in the half. So a lot to watch there. I've just started to work through some of the squad updates and, and numbers, and into the weeks ahead, we'll start to certainly do a lot of work and 
podcast previews into the start of the NRL season. So all of that to come through. Right now, though, we're into the business end of the NFL season. And Tristan, we touched on last week that there is Black Monday in the US, which is always the Monday after the final round um, and coaches being moved on. Well, we have seven vacancies, two of which were major surprises, one of which has only happened overnight our time, with a great Pete Carroll uh, being pushed sideways uh, at the Seahawks. Now, Pete Carroll, he's had something like 13 years at the Seahawks. He brought them their first ever Super Bowl win and championship. Uh, He was an absolute legend at college football and a colossus at that. Just an absolutely inspiring man. Now in his early 70s, uh, those clearly at the Seahawks think that he may well be a little bit past the current thinking in particular around defence. But he's just only in the last hour done a press conference in the US and I would certainly suggest that he is still very keen to want to coach. So he may well be stepping aside. It it appears to have been amicable. He's not going to rock the boat, but that's a major one. We also then saw the Titans move their coach on. The Commanders did did such. The Falcons did such. The Commanders and the Falcons was all expected. But, gee, that's seven already. There may well be another one or two shakeout, but... Uh, That's a lot of coaches and clubs, franchises now looking for a new head coach. Absolutely. And we know how much of a result-driven business the NFL is. And and, uh, we're obviously getting towards that final series now where there's some key games. But you're right, the the Pete Carroll news was certainly... Uh, certainly surprising. I know you touched on uh, the Raybol news there not not long ago, uh, or a couple of weeks ago. Which um, you know, to be able to get that side together and to hear the comments from Derek Henry on on the lead, the way he leads men around, there's going to be no shortage of uh, of clubs looking forward to to put his uh, name on their uh, contract to to move their team forward in future years. But sometimes you know, businesses have to make a decision and they have to try to. Uh, Try to find a way to, to, to get their, their their club up to the the, uh, the levels that you know you see with the likes of Houston have had enormous success this year. You've seen teams like Cleveland and Tampa that look like they were going to struggle at various points in the year that have, that have done an enormous job to get into the playoffs and and the likes of Miami that have been building over the last few years. So we look at that Super Bowl market. We've got the 49ers at three dollars, the Ravens at four dollars, Buffalo's been the massive um, team on a run. That they're into seven dollars now, third favorite. You only have to look back. Uh, to the 10th of December, so less than a month ago, around about a month ago, they were $34 to win the Super Bowl at that time. They've now uh, gone from 34 into 7 over that period. Dallas is sitting there at 8, Kansas at 11, and the mighty Detroit Lions are at $19. And for everyone listening over at Pittsburgh, I know we'll probably have our largest uh, our largest contingent of listeners over there from the uh, the, the family of Jay Smith, they're at the foot of the table at 100 to 1, but they're certainly in a lot better position than a lot of those clubs that have had to let their, their coaches go that aren't in playoff contention. Well, and I think the key one still to watch is what happens at the Patriots. And clearly, uh, Mike Fabrell has a very solid and quality history out of the Patriots. Does he end up in the frame there? Do they move on uh, Belichick? Does that end up being eight vacancies? But yes, you're right. We're into the wild card matchups this round. So the two number one seeds being the Ravens and the 49ers have the week off. That's always a significant advantage in any sport, in particular a physical sport like uh, the NFL. I still think that that $4 around the Ravens is, is uh, great value, Tristan, because I do think that we're headed to a Ravens-Bills playoff uh, on one side, 
the 49ers and, and whoever makes up the numbers on the other side, which would lead us, I think, to a Ravens uh, 49ers Super Bowl. That seems the most obvious pick, but we've got a really interesting week this week to get through. We've got six games, uh, some cracking matchups. Uh, my tips off the top, you know, I did like the, uh, the Browns. I will say there's one very key stat in week one of the playoffs, and that is teams with a rookie quarterback, notably the Texans, have a horrible record in the very first week. And Shroud has been outstanding, but they do feel pressure. It is a different game. It's a different focus. Uh, I do think that that Browns defence can shut down the Texans, and I think that they can win there. The Chiefs, the Dolphins, well, they're forecasting weather of about one degree, very cold, very miserable wet conditions. I certainly don't think that suits the Dolphins, and they have a mounting injury toll. Uh, the Chiefs are limping, but I think that they're good enough to win that one. I think the Bills get over the Steelers, and the Smith household probably go out for Chinese that night and have a bit of a night on the town. I think the Cowboys dust up the Packers. The Lions, the Rams, we'll get to that in a moment. And then I think the Eagles probably get over the Bucks, and the Bucks have obviously got Mayfield uh, with key injuries. Uh, I think he probably plays, but he's going to limp around. What about this Lions-Rams uh, matchup, Tristan? I mean, you couldn't have written a script for this going back six, eight, ten weeks ago because for those who are in the background and might not be aware of some of the story, we've got uh, the Rams going into the Super Bowl and winning that two years ago after trading with the Lions and each of them swapping their quarterbacks. We now have them returning to a matchup um, and Detroit would be very keen to aim up here. Both teams with a lot to play. I think Detroit have probably picked up a few injuries that they are certainly going to feel in defence this week. And the Rams under McVay um, are going to certainly throw a lot of attack at them. Yeah, for sure. And and, and that's obviously everyone that's been a regular listen, listener knows I'm being a big Detroit fan for a long time. But I'm also a big Matty Stafford fan as well. So it's going to be a, uh, a bit of a bittersweet watch, that one, because I'd love to see both of those teams progress. But obviously only one's going to go through. So I think it's going to be just a massive game. Having Detroit there at home uh, for their first playoff game for years and Matt Stafford coming in to, to where he uh, obviously spent most of his career, it's going to be a phenomenal watch. I think the market's probably a little bit short about Detroit with the fact that they've got a lot of injuries. Uh, the Rams have got a lot of momentum. They, they, they've dropped off a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but I think they're up for so long. Once they secured their place in the finals, I think they just had that little dip and then they'll probably be really fired up for this game. So I think that's going to be a blockbuster. Uh, the plus three, probably, if I was having a wager, would be the way to go, but I'm certainly not going to get a bet against my Detroit in their first finals game at home. So I think it looks an absolutely fantastic week on paper. Um, I agree that, that Cleveland just look like they're they're uh, you know, really, really good finals football side. I think Joe Flacco is going to do his job. Um, I think Buffalo, like you say, I think they, they, that's probably my bet of the week. Buffalo getting over the top of Pittsburgh by a significant margin. So I'm going to take them minus that 10 at $1.93. And uh, hopefully Jimmy does enjoy that Chinese when he's out there avoiding watching the game. Ah, so you're stepping into the minus 10. I do agree with you. I do think the Bills uh, um, fix up the Steelers. But uh, 10 certainly a big number in a playoff. But... Uh, I can't argue against you there. I'm with the Rams. I certainly thought plus three looked very generous. They were one of my bets this week, but I did make the Browns my best. I just think that that, that key stat of um, uh, a, a quarterback, a rookie, in his week one 
I'll go with the Browns as my uh, my best to cover the line at minus two and a half. And I did also like the Rams. They were probably my two key plays this week. But my tips through there were the Browns, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Rams and the Eagles. Very interesting to see if the Eagles off their very poor form over the last four or five weeks and limping into the playoffs can lift. Their coach was very vocal in his uh, press conference this week about them being up for this game. So a lot to watch. Uh, the ratings will be absolutely through the roof. And I guess it's a key talking point at the present moment in the US, Tristan, that we have one of these primetime games on Peacock, which is the NBC streaming channel in the US. And unless you're a subscriber, you won't be able to watch that anywhere else. And there's certainly a furore around that. But I think that's the way that sport is obviously headed because it's all about getting the television dollar. I believe that um, Peacock and NBC paid $200 million for the rights just to telecast this playoff game. It's a phenomenal amount, isn't it? And it just shows how popular uh, the NFL is and, and the amount of people that are, that are willing to pay large amounts of money to watch it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I've never been a big fan of, of, of the streaming side of it, but it's certainly the way the, uh, the marketplace is heading to. And we've already seen with the the, the, the sales day and all those sort of things, how it's definitely heading in that direction. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm certain there'll be a few people packed into a few pubs to, to watch it on those networks as well. Now, I know it's very difficult to uh, have you make time for the podcast this week because you've been a bit of a social butterfly because we have the Magic Millions up on the Gold Coast. Absolutely cracking week, isn't it? I mean, the, the hype leading into just last Saturday, now all the build-up this week. We've had the annual uh, run of the horses along the beach. We've had the barrier draw. Um, the sales are underway. The vision everywhere. I mean, we've got... Um, 1.1, 1.3, million yearlings being sold. Just the the attention that this grabs now and the job they've done over the last 20 years is outstanding. Talk about this Magic Millions race. We've got a very clear favourite, but they are lightly raced two-year-olds, Tristan. They are, and yeah, it's... Uh... When you said that every team in the preseason for the NRL have been having personal bests, so I went to the gym this morning and there certainly weren't any personal bests there because it's been a very, very big week uh, with lots of people in town uh, and plenty of beverages consumed. So it's been a lot of fun as always. It's such a vibrant uh, city, the Gold Coast, when Magic Moons is in town, which is great to see. And uh, it seems to be going from strength to strength. But yeah, the, the key race, the two, and just before we get on to the key race, what about how, the, the track and how nice it looked there last Saturday, the first time with the... Um, uh, with the grass on it. So hopefully the rain doesn't impact things too much uh, with uh, of what we see over the next next couple of days and, and hopefully we get a great surface again on Saturday. But Storm Boy is the firm favourite, $2.50 into two forty in the two-year-old race. But as you say, they're all lightly raced horses, only two, three, four runs for each of them. And uh, there were some other impressive performances like Arabian Summer, which is well back, seven fifty into 6. Highness has been the big go, 7 into five fifty, And also Spywire, spy which... Uh, had a couple of, um, you know, was scratched out of a race there uh, earlier on in its preparation. Probably wasn't quite right, but it was impressive last start as well. So you've got a lot of horses that are in form and uh, making a challenge to see which horse is going to be the one to challenge Storm Boy. It does have an awkward barrier as well, barrier 10. Well, I must say, uh, leading to that, you know, the, the, the map, the barrier draw and the speed map into the race is, is absolutely critical in most races, but in particular in lightly raced two-year-olds like we have here. On the track, Tristan, they had something like 190 mils of rain last week. To end up into the good range and it to race so fairly last Saturday was outstanding. And it, it just, 
all goes well for how that track is going to perform into the future because we will remember if we go back 12 months ago prior to that massive upgrade you know whenever there was uh, heavy rain at the Gold Coast it was always a quagmire and we had the meeting postponed a year ago because of the rain well it's just an outstanding condition now uh, Storm Boy the favourite listen there was an outstanding story in the Telegraph or the Courier Mail today about this Gay Waterhouse was invited to a sportsman's lunch uh, with some businessmen at a pub in Penrith um, about 12 months ago um, or sh shorter than that she rocked up with a float a horse float with two horses on it and after speaking to all of these businessmen and locals from Penrith at this pub walked out two of these two-year-olds off her uh, float and one of those uh, well I think both of them she ended up selling shares to something like 15 or 16 people in the room well one of those is Storm Boy who's now to $2.40 and pronounced favorite for this race an amazing lady amazing story listen Tristan I thought the value here for mine was number five Wolfgang I really liked its run and rating last start uh, Blake Shin he could ride a broomstick at the present moment. Importantly, it has gate two. $16 and 280. Gee, I, I think that's a great one by four bet. Uh, I'd be all over to 380, sitting there out of gate two, just behind the speed. Um, I think it's in the race right up to its ears. So it's my choice in the millions. Did you have a pick? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of value as well. So I, I tend to agree that. Uh, uh, the favourite's probably a bit tight, and it's certainly, obviously, very, very hard to beat. But I, I actually don't mind uh, the, the the one. Uh, it's it's got the most awkward barrier in the field, but I think parkour eleven into nine fifty is certainly a, an, an each way chance as well. So I think you know if if you play both of those each way, uh, you only need one of them to run a hole, and you're in a decent position. If one can uh, lob lob the winner, then you've obviously had a nice result in the race. But uh, I think it's a very even race. I wouldn't be talking anyone out of whichever horse they like, but I I, I think it looks like a really high quality race. Well, and look at the card. I mean, we've got full fields. We've got three million dollar races, two million dollar races. Uh, if you have the right horse that you bought at the Magic Millions, there's a lot of prize money on offer. Listen, the best of the day for me. I'm going to go back to Rose Hill Race Seven, Number Twelve, Naval College for the Neesham Stable. Uh, second up, very good quality win. I thought one by one and a half lengths. Uh, stays at 2000 up slightly in grey but does get an uh, all-important claim for Jet Stanley who did ride at last start so for me Rose Hill Rose 7 number 12 Naval College somewhere around a 270 all importantly for me I'll just have $100 on the nose make that my bet of the week was there something you liked yeah I'm going to take us back to the Gold Coast really deep into the card the Magic Millions Cup revolutionary miss it's been uh, impressive in previous preparations I just think it's sort of ready to go for a, for a big race like this. So we've got race 10, number seven. It's won its last two starts. J-Mac in the saddle, been very, very well backed already, $10 into six fifty. Jimmy did send me a message and said, whatever you do, no matter what price, you've got to make sure your staking plan is on the win. So I'm certainly going to take that at the $6.50. and It'll be a nice way to get the uh, get the kitty started to uh, start, start uh, a big carnival of racing. Absolutely, yes. Well, there we go. So we've got uh, two horse bets, we've got two NFL bets, we've got lots happening, and we've got all these new listeners in Pittsburgh in the US. Well, Pittsburgh followers anyway. Hope Jimmy and the family are having a wonderful holiday. Tristan, there's uh, a lot to get through. I'm sure you're very busy with all of the millions, and I'm sure you'll have lots of news out of that next weekend, and a lot to watch into the NFL. So uh, sport everywhere, fantastic, and thanks for listening in, and we'll be back again doing all the same next week. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jared, and we'll uh, chat to everyone next week.
Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.